All right. Um, so if you go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew 13, and um, I'm going to ask the Lord to bless our time. Uh, Father, as we uh, come to you and seek your face and your truth, uh, Lord, I pray that you would open bare um, our hearts to, uh, to be uh, available to uh, whatever you would want to teach us. Lord, this parable is about the soil of our lives and how we live them um, has direct reflection to what your word can do in us. Uh, and so it is uh, it can be very convicting but encouraging, Father, that we remember what you have done in us when we have let you, and Lord, what you could do in us if we, um, if we let you in some more. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless our time, um, help us be open uh, with, our, um, with our lives and uh, how we share them, and Lord, we ask that you would speak truth into us and that we would respond in obedience. In Christ's name, amen. Um, so this is, uh, if you're going to rank the parables, okay, so I rank this one number one, but most people maybe rank this one like, you know, top three. You got your, you got your, um, uh, the prodigal son, and then maybe the other favorite is, uh, what's that? My mind has just gone blank. The uh, Good Samaritan, right? So this is the one, though, anytime I hear it, I kind of get excited, but then towards the end, I know that I'm going to uh, it's going to bring great conviction, like in a good way, right, because of what he is talking about. So he gives us this scenario, right, in which he wants us to understand the, uh, the seed as God's word, and then there's these different uh, things that happen to it all based upon the soil, okay? And there's only one of the options that is really what God wants. And so that begs the question, right, how do we avoid the other options or how do we see when those other things are taking place in others' lives? So let's look at the scripture. Um, so uh, I want to first uh, read Matthew uh, 13, 1 through 9, uh, which is the parable. And then this is uh, one of the few that he actually gives explanation to in the scripture. We'll read that too and then get in to what we're going to talk about today. So Matthew 13, 1 through 9. And that... And that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea, and a large crowd gathered to him, so that he got in a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, uh, and we recorded this one, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell in the rocky places, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, because they had no depths of soil. And when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out, and others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let them hear. The first thing I want you to, uh, before we get more in the scripture, just wanted to do a quick question. Uh, speak to your neighbor here. Um, what is the point? What is, like, where he, he has all kinds of ideas about stories. What is the point of Jesus' story, right? He's not necessarily responding to anything right in front of him, but this is a teaching that he's trying to give us, right? And so he kind of launches into it with no context. There's no Pharisee sitting right beside him, and there's nothing said that he needs to give object lesson to. He wants us to understand what seed uh, meeting uh, good soil or not good soil looks like. So why do we need to hear this? So just talk, not around your table, but just with your neighbor. So just talk a little bit. What do you think, why do you think he tells us this parable? Yeah. Yeah, this is something that everybody understands, right? We need this to eat. So what does this have to do with my spiritual life? Um, 
So let's, let's read the explanation, Matthew 13, 18 through 23. Hear then the parable of the sower. Verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand that the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart, this is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately falls away. And the one on whom the sowed was, uh, seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So all types, uh, all three types uh, of poor environments, and I want us to think about this, the soil, right, as the environment for which the seed grows, right? All three of the um, types of the poor environments yield the same thing, right? Regardless of what shoots up or doesn't shoot up, right? In the end, right? Nothing, uh, nothing is yielded, right? But we want to think about uh, what uh, maybe back on our lives or the lives of people around us, right? Where we want to see and know kind of what the soil type means, right? I, know, I need to know what to do to make my soil right for letting God's truth grow. So when we're, when we're looking at these, there should be a slide, Aaron, um, and there's a, some, a, a nice graphic of some, uh, there we go. Um, and so because the, the parable is uh, fairly straightforward in its explanation, I want us to dig a little deeper, right, and think about um, how, we're, uh, how we're to understand what it's looking at, right? So we've got the path, the rocky ground, the thorns, and the good soil. So um, if you haven't read into that previously, right, the good soil, right, the, uh, is, that is what yields the fruit. But think about that the other soils are not as prepared, right? They're, they're not ready to receive. Is this ever something when we say, hey, uh, God's life in me, right, is not maybe yielding the fruit I expect. Do we ever think, right, that we are to blame, I want to flip forward real quick and we'll come back. Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. This is a very encouraging verse uh, that we read in different uh, scenarios. But I want you to think about this. As, this is what God's word is supposed to do. Right? That when, think about a, a time when you have received something that you needed desperately. Okay? And you received it in all the ways that it was supposed to be received. And it yielded all that it was supposed to yield. Okay? So I remember uh, I did not have much money in college randomly a check arrived, right? Uh, actually, I think it was a, a gift certificate for a grocery store. Nicest gift I've ever received. I have no idea who sent it to me. But I received it in all the ways because it was God's provision, yet it was also somebody that knew my situation and understood that this was the best thing that they could possibly give me. That I went to the grocery store like I'd never gone to the grocery store before as a college student. I spent like 120 bucks, right? Versus like 17, you know, on ramen. And my, my go-to was... Um, just add water pancake mix, right? Because I have water <laughs> and I have a pan. And then so we'll see if I get syrup or butter. So, uh, so Isaiah 55, 10, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. 
right, that we need to have a robust kind of theology of God's word and what it's supposed to do in our lives, right? Because it's not the problem. It's not that I don't have the timely word that I need. It's that I, right, am not receiving it as I should. Okay? What, what is the difference between giving, being given food when you're not hungry and giving your favorite food when you're famished? Right? And we come to God's word often, right, without, without that attitude. Right? And so this is... Uh, the, the, the essence of God saying, uh, I, I love you, I'm going to do something action-oriented. And this is what our heart feels. Right? Complete rejection. I was like, I really hope I can hit the wall. <laughs> you know? I thought about it. I was like, should I do it? I could do it. But that visual, I want to be really powerful. You guys okay over here? I didn't even think about that, that that could have yeah. come and like... Yeah. Thank you, Father. Guided my arm. Could have been a whole thing. I got hit with a tennis ball at Sunday school. I, 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 don't, I, I don't... I'm sorry. Here's my keys. But think about how often, right, that you are that wall when you walk into a space, when you walk into a devotion, when you walk into Sunday school class, when you walk into um, a retreat, <laughs> when you walk into uh, a service, when you walk into a meeting with a friend who's trying to encourage you, right, to challenge you, and you're that wall. Right, this is, the, if you can hit back to the, um, to the graphic. Right, so ultimately, right, this is... Um, this is what we don't want to be. Like, this is the worst possible place. There's absolutely, utterly no penetration of the word. So we see the second one is the rocky ground, right? These things spring up overnight, but wither and die from lack of root. Right? So these are the ones that hear the word. Right? You have friends like, hey, there looked to be something there. It was a quick shoot, right? That there, was, there was water. There was life. And yet there was no root. Right, so I want you to kind of write that in your notes because this is what we're going to kick around before. Right, what, is, what does it mean right, for our faith to root? Right, as we have a friend, if it springs up, like what do I need to help them do? Right, to get, what do they need to do to get that seed, not just to, to grow up, but to grow down? Right, because the life is below the surface. Right, what's below the surface, what, what we do in private, right, what we do in our thought life, right, that is what helps the the shoot grow. It doesn't die from top down, right? It dies from bottom up. And then we have um, what I think probably is where uh, a lot of us struggle is in this place, right? Is that, the, uh, is that we have sown among thorns. The interesting thing about this, I was reading, um, I was looking at a sermon by, um, by uh, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, um, and he talks about this idea, which I thought was really helpful, that the weeds are already in the ground, right, when the, when the, we, uh, when the, uh, when the uh, plant grows up. And so for us, anybody, I have a yard. My front yard is real nice. Like it, we put some grass down and we like prepared it and like I've been caring for it. But, but I can't just like do like set it and kind of leave it and that's how a lot of us treat our our spiritual lives don't we 
like I make it look pretty, I get out my new journal, like, hey, it's in the new year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do all the things that I should be doing and yet they're without habit, right? And so it kind of dies off after a while. But as I look at my yard, as nice as it looks, if I look around the edges and I look around the yard, there's constant weeds, constant weeds, right? And do me just hating the weeds make the weeds go away? Right, I cannot like them. A lot of times, like, there's things in our lives that we don't like, yet what do I need to do with the weeds for the weeds to go away? I, I don't need to pull the top off of it. I need to get my hands dirty, right? I need to get all the way in the soil and get the root up and fill my bucket as often as I can because that's the only way, right, for that yard to remain healthy. And as we look at, um, as we look at this one, Right, the think about the things, right, that are choking your spiritual life, that you're allowing to grow in that same soil as the Word is growing. See, sometimes we may be too open to everything, right? We're letting everything <laughs> grow in our lives except that which needs to. Other times we're not really sure what's going on, and other times we don't really realize it, that my life is full of thorns, right, that my, my yard is full of weeds, and I didn't even really realize it. But what happens here is that the weeds, what are they doing? They're taking nutrients from the other roots. Do we understand how uh, anybody, yard people, do you understand how, why weeds are bad? Not just because they look bad, but because they suck all the nutrients from the good stuff around it. That's how it lives. <laughs> That's how it multiplies, by killing the other stuff. Man, what a great, what a great understanding about how how worldliness grows in our lives versus spiritual, uh, God's spiritual life. So here's, what I, um, here, so here's what I want you to do. All right, so there's a question. I think it should be a, maybe a blue slide. Red slide, I can't remember. Red is blue. All right, I, I can't remember what color. I mean, it was all the way last night, you know, or Friday. Questions. So what do we, uh, the first question is, what do we uh, do to make our hearts uh, roads in rocky places? Here we go. So I want you again, uh, maybe go the other way, right? Friend, pick a friend around the, uh, uh, around the table, right? And then pick one of uh, the first two questions and then we'll kind of work on the third, right? What do we do to make our hearts roads in rocky places and thorn bearing? Right, so that stuff's already in the soil, right? It's the most natural thing that you'll ever have in your life is weeds, right? You don't, you don't have to work at it. That is what life outside of God brings. Like, that's there. So, um, so how, sh how do I need to think about it? So talk that around your table, that one, or what are, your what are some of your thorns or weeds that you let grow? Either one of those that you like. All right. All right, so um, who wants to, uh, yeah, just share what you talked about. Um, what do we do? So this is kind of jumping right in application. Hey, we don't have to understand, uh, like we get what he's saying. So like, let's, let's dig in, right? So what, uh, what, do we, what do we do to make our hearts roads and rocky places? And what do we do to allow them to bear thorns, right? In, until basically to stay in their natural state. Have you ever been? We, uh, Renee, when... Uh, at one point she was not pregnant. I don't know if she can remember this, but, um, but we work outside and uh, a good bit. And uh, we usually typically buy or have only bought old homes that are kind of overgrown and need lots of TLC. And um, at 
What did what would you call like the 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 uh, the thorny vine that would like grow up into the canopy of our tree? And you had a pet name for them. Do you remember? Evil vines. Okay. Evil vines. She went for the the simple. <coughs> All right. So what you got? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. Other people's like just opinions of the world. Yeah. Kind of influence us. Yeah. So there's kind of a natural hardness, right, that comes from there. Yeah, that's good. Somebody else. So harden our hearts to pride. Hey, it's okay that I'm proud. Yeah. Somebody else. This table here. Anybody? I think just living um, kind of lazily, not mm. actively like choosing what I'm doing. Because I think yeah. that tends towards weeds. Rocking. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. So if we if we uh, if we just sleep for three months and we go outside, what's the yard look like? <laughs> Right. This is we are not active participants right in our spiritual life We're we kind of show up to stuff hoping that somebody else does the work. Um, yeah. Yeah, not taking time off. Absolutely. So uh, what about anybody or answer the second one? What are some of our thorns and weeds that you let grow or that you see in other people's lives? Right. Again, this is what's naturally there. Right. It is in it is in your heart. <laughs> You let it grow. What are some of those things that we see? This is one of those where we had a couple weeks ago last time I taught, like, you know these well, you know. Yeah, right? Like, the, the things that are... are like passively attaching themselves to you, right? As I just am in the world, what are the things that are telling me to, hey, let that thing grow? The only thing that's telling us, right, that that's not great, right, is God's word. Like until I read God's word, I don't know that the thing that's growing out of my arm or, you know, off the back of my leg, like this is, hey, you know, that, that's, that's no good. And so often everyone else is telling us, man, that's great. Good job. You know, I love that. That looks neat. <laughs> right? Think of the things that we are praised for that God would not be pleased with. We often talk about an audience of one, but we have an audience of many. Right? On social media, they, uh, we, we get feedback. If we, are, if we throw stuff out there, we'll get feedback positively and negatively about what we throw out there. Right? People in our lives are encouraging things maybe that they shouldn't be encouraging. Right, that you have natural tendency to, and yet God over and over is, is, is trying to get our attention, right, is to help and understand that you're, you're, you're judging yourself incorrectly. And so I think the power here, right, is the simplicity of my life is that we yield things, but as we look at these scenarios, I, I have lived these lives. I have lived the life that God's word had no bearing whatsoever. That it, 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 it might as well... Be the, be the ball, it just sits there for somebody else to gobble up. Right? I have been the barren land where, where the, I wanted something to happen, and yet I wasn't 
my, my life was not ready for roots to grow. Right, and I've absolutely, <laughs> uh, far too often even now, right, allow, root, uh, allow weeds, right, and thorny things to grow with my life unchecked. And so one encouragement uh, that I would have for you is I think you need to, and this is kind of part of confession, is you need to write down what those things are that you allow to grow in your life, to name them, because they are not for you. They are not good for you. They are not good for God's life. And because we are so passive as a people, okay, we don't have to do anything to let them grow besides nothing. Okay? It's not something where you just kind of let somebody keep coming in your house. It's not, you're not thinking about it. It's outside growing unchecked. We are not an active, attentive people in many areas of our lives because we are too busy. Amen? I'm just trying to, most people, I'm just trying to get through the responsibilities that I think kind of were thrust upon me. And so like a frazzled uh, family of small children, you're just trying to get through the day. Right? And yet this is not what the last soil yields, is it? This is something that is healthy and free, right, and yielding. And it's not good just for you, but for others, right? I love the picture. It's uh, another a metaphor, but it alludes to this one, right? That as that tree grows up, right, becomes, right, there's food for the birds, right? There's shade for man, right? That other people benefit, right, when the thing becomes healthy. Have you benefited from uh, people that are yielding fruit in their lives? Yeah. But if there are, or if there are no other trees... Okay? There's no other sustenance. So how do we respond then? So look at three uh, scriptures, and this is, uh, might be uh, necessary for some teaching. We'll come back. Uh, and it's basically answering this last question here. What does it mean to break up my fallow and yielding ground? Right, so I'm not going to tempt fate, right, and throw another one. So I just want you to remember, right, okay, the ball hitting here. But here is what it means, right, to, uh, here's what it means to receive the word, right? Doesn't, it doesn't bounce back, right? All right, so we're equal opportunity. No, it's still, it's a reception. It didn't hit the ground, it didn't hit the ground. Absolutely, absolutely. Object lessons all over the place. It was, it was. <laughs> So the object lesson here, right, is our fallow ground, right, is the brick wall, right? The, the soil, what it should look like, right, is the catch. As God throws some truth at me, I need to be not like, what? <laughs> Hitting the side of the head, right, whatever, whatever we feel like we bring to the table, right? But we need to be eyes on God. Okay, whatever you're throwing to me, Lord, I am here to catch it. And I'm here to bring it in, right, and to use it. As the, as the Isaiah 55 says, right, that it's supposed to do something, but I am the person, right, that determines, nobody else, I am the person that determines whether that is received, right, and used. So Jeremiah 4.3, For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and to Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. 
So many of us, as I have shared in my personal testimony, man, you are waiting for God to break you up. Guess what? He's waiting on you. It's the complete opposite. I used to work um, for an educational business, and I would say kind of this um, thing my first time in front of a class. And I would say, hey, guys, we're really good at taking these tests. We're amazing at it. The problem here, when you, if you don't improve, it's not with us. I said this gentler. But the problem is with you. Our teacher can kill this test that you really want to do really well on. But he's not taking it. You are. The idea is that we need to understand what my role is in the process, right? Jesus is righteous, and he is holy, and he is loving, and he is merciful, and he is good. We are not. <laughs> the issue doesn't lie with him. He is here to give us all the things that we need, right? He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us his word. He's given us spiritual family. He's given us blessing upon blessing. He's given us life. We are the ones, right, who are not ready to receive and respond to that. That's on us. We need to know that. Israel, break up your fallow ground. You need to get the shovel out. You need to get the hoe out. You need to get that little thing, whatever it is, you know, the, the, three, the three prong, if you're gardeners. What's it called? Yeah. Yeah, but we don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's a little... Digging in the dirt. You need to get that out. We'll figure out. Somebody will Google it, what it's called. Yeah. But we need to get that out, right? And, you know, <laughs> rake up the soil. What does that look like? What, you know, it's like that. I like the metaphor, Rob, but what in the world? How am I supposed to do that? Right, he later then goes on in the same, it says, do not sow among thorns. Right, what does... What does this look like in our lives? So, so to respond, right, we must be a people. As a people, we must act to remove the obstacles to the word taking root. That is what it means, right, to break up our fallow ground. That there are things in your life that are, for lack of a better word, a speed bump on the path. You're not getting past it until it comes out of there. Has anybody ever been in a neighborhood that had a speed bump and then it was removed, like a street? Have you ever seen this? They usually put them in, very, very, not very often. Was it great? Yeah, you're like, I can just ride, man. <laughs> right, we, we as a people must act to remove the obstacles to the word taking root and so personally rededicate themselves to their lives. It means I got to go out in my yard, I got to get my little bucket, I got to get whatever that tool is. A cultivator. A cultivator. Oh, <laughs> so good. So I got to get my cultivator and my little shovel, right? And I got to and I got a weed, man. I got to put that stuff in my bucket and I got to tote it out to the yard and get rid of it. It takes time. But but as I have become a cultivator, right in my yard, I enjoy it. It's really satisfying, right, to get something out of your life that doesn't need to be there because then you live, like, you should feel that in your life when you remove it. Yes? 
because it's not just removing that thing. It's like, oh, Lord, how do I then move forward? Teach me to, to value, not that. Right? Deuteronomy 10, 16. Same idea, but a little different words. So circumcise your heart and stiffen your neck no longer. These type of verses are replete throughout the Old Testament. See, these are people that have already been saved. This is not how to be righteous. Right? This is, this is law right, to a saved people. They've been come out of Egypt. He needs to remind them over and over. Hey, wall, don't be a wall. <laughs> hey, quit stiffening your neck, which is us. You're like, somebody's trying to give us invite. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Thanks, but no. Right? All of you have your kind of particular facial expression, a, a particular way that you bow up under good, under good truth, a particular way that you shrug it off. Yeah? We're like a little two-year-old balls up our little fists. You ain't going to put no pants on me. <laughs> this is my life. Actually, my 10-year-old, I thought about putting pants on. That was a new one. He cried. Why are we laughing at it? Why are you crying his pants? You're too old. Maybe I cried about some pants. All right. So... Circumcise your heart, right? Stiffen your neck. He's saying, he's basically like, you need, here's the scalpel, buddy, sister. Get in there and do the work. You know what the problem is. Like, do some self-surgery. That's pretty graphic, isn't it? Stiffen your neck no longer. So the idea here is that we should be welcoming and hospitable to God's word. You know when you are, how like when you're in a good mood or a bad mood when people are coming over, like you're excited and like, hey man, I'm rolling out the red carpet. Renee was so hospitable the other day, I made fun of her. She was so excited. We had, uh, Pastor Drew was in town for a couple days and man, she made like the best continental breakfast you've ever seen for one. I was like, this is not what we have normally. I had to like tell over this like, does she do this every day? It's like, no nah, man, it's just for you. Enjoy it. It was nice. It was too, I was like, I was, I was a little embarrassed. It was too nice, right? <laughs> but he loved it. Right, the idea that we should be welcoming, right, to the word of God. Just as good soil is hospitable to seed, right? Isn't that what we're doing? We're making it so that the seed is like enveloped, right? Just kind of pillow. Come on in. <laughs> Do your work. Right, the soil protects, gives nourishment, welcomes, and gives of itself for the plant to grow. Right, this is the proper relationship. This is the space for, for God's word that we need to have. All right, one more. Jeremiah 4.1. If you will return, O Israel, declares the Lord, then you should return to me. And if you will put away your detested things from my presence and will not waver. Right, he's talking about our response. We understand that we want to be active, right, in the cultivating, right, of our spiritual life. That my role in that, right, is to kill and to root out weeds and thorny bushes. That's my role. And if it's not there, man, God can come in and his word can work. Right, it can do what it's supposed to do. So, so we have to decide, right, then, to return, right, to that space or to go there for the first time. Like, I've got to decide that. And then when, and when I do, right, 
that we have to put the things away that took us from his presence. Right, let's say, to think about you're in your house and it's cozy and nice in there. Right, but that's where God brought us home. But the world says, hey man, there's shiny things out here too. There's a whole kinds of stuff. Don't worry about that, man. You're good, right? Your house is there. You always can go back to your house. Right, and we leave the house. And we chase after the stuff. Everything is keeping us from the presence of God. And so this is the metaphor, right, that um, the prophet is using to help us understand, will you come back home? This is the place where I need you to learn to live, right? If you return, then you should return to me, right? I'm your home. And if you would put away your detestable things from our presence, I won't waver. Don't waver. So then let's return to Matthew 13, 23 to end here. And I'll give you some time to discuss around the tables or ask questions. This is who we want to be. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Guys, it, you don't have to worry about the yield. You don't have to worry about how big a tree you are, just that you're healthy. The yield will come. Okay? Do we want to be this person because, because this is the person that God wants us to be? He wants us to be the one on whom seed was sown. He wants us to be the one on whom, right, catches the ball when he throws it. So I want you to end there. I want to talk around your tables uh, for five minutes or so. And um, Andy, would you close us? i got to go uh, baptize. All right? So what do you think? Uh, what... How do you need to respond?